MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? Inez Cantor is unrelenting against LeBron James and China and Nike right now. Uh, he's a little bit misguided. Uh, COVID has taken over Aaron Rodgers' toe. And what the hell is COVID toe? Uh, Everson Griffin, Vikings defensive end, is going through a traumatic uh, mental health event it appears what is the NFL doing to help these guys um, the Hall of Fame the Pro Football Hall of Fame has announced its semifinalists who should get in and of course the best of social media I'm George Reister he's Ralph Amson and this is Reister or Wrong the intersection where sports business society and pop culture meet the truth Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. So, uh, Ralph, we will start with Mr. Inez Cantor. He is. He has been unrelenting about LeBron James, about Nike, about the uh, Uyghurs out in there who are, uh, you know, being enslaved or killed and all of this stuff. And this goes back to, you know, a year ago or more where Daryl Morey sent out the tweet. Now, China and the NBA's relationship has been soured. Where do you stand? Well, I mean, I, I think that is, is it Inez or Enos? I, I don't know how to say it. Uh, Mr. Cantor. <laughs> I, I, I think I stand. I, I think I stand uh, on the side of democracy over capitalism always i think that's kind of where i'm at with it is if you are not allowed to have ideas or express ideas or vote or practice your religion or assert your independence or you know you can't even or or have the freedom to explore the internet and not have terms censored or be a tennis star and tell your story about sexual assault without having to be, you know, disappeared and reeducated. 
you know, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely skeptical of China at all times. And I think that if you are genuine about your concern for the freedom of the Chinese people in the face of the oppression of um, the, the communist party there, then, then I'm, I'm all for what you have going on. If you're being disingenuous or you're trying to signal boost your message um, at the expense of, of somebody else, then I'm, you know, I've, I've got, I've definitely got some questions for you. No, see here, here's the thing that has bothered me continuously about this whole China talk as it has related to the NBA, how it has been related to LeBron James and all of these people. Right. So, I do believe that the NBA has a blind spot when it comes to China because it's a league based upon making making money, right? And China is one of their uh, countries that they've gone into, Yao Ming, all of this, that, that, that they have, you know, the country loves it. The, the players go over there every year, like some of the top players who have shoe deals, all that, they are very well and beloved there. The, the part that bothers me and that is disingenuous is this, right? Is that you have all these people signal boosting is that you would that you would say. They're like, oh, Nike bows to China and all this stuff. Okay, let's say that that's true. And uh, China, in, as of February 2020, China owned $1.1 trillion of U.S. debt. And China, as far as imports and exports, is responsible for hundreds of thousands of American jobs. Hundreds of thousands. So all of so th- this is not a Nike problem. This is a we don't manufacture things domestically and we are dependent upon China as a country. So if China tries to call that debt due, or anything do it would absolutely crush us. So it is not just a a Nike and China thing. This is an America and China problem. This is do you want a new cell phone? Do you want microchips? Do you want all of this stuff? So like while they're talking about Nike not Nike bowing to China and why doesn't LeBron James speak up? Okay. Let me keep it very very clear so everybody can understand. So uh, uh, we obviously remember what happened when uh, Daryl Morey made the tweet when uh, the Lakers and the Houston Rockets were over there in China, right? They blew up the whole thing. They all came came back. They didn't play NBA games on CCTV that whole year. Nothing, right? The NBA lost a billion dollars. Now, people are like, why doesn't LeBron speak up? Okay, here is the issue, right? Nike, just domestically, right, employs over 100,000 people. Now, but the majority of their factories, just like other industries, are in Vietnam, China, Taiwan, like, and some other Chinese either influenced or controlled territories. So now... If LeBron James and, and China has already proven like they don't give a damn, they will shut your shit down. So imagine if China shuts down all the factories, what actually happens to Americans? There's a hundred thousand Americans who are out of jobs. So now while people want LeBron James to speak up, I believe that he's also concerned about these people in addition to his own money, but he's fine financially, but he would be cutting off his own billion dollar golden goose. But also Americans would lose their jobs. So now if, if LeBron James wants to do something, he has to do it from the inside and quietly and work through Nike because he cannot do that. Like, like that's the thing that people are like, oh, speak out. What the fuck does speaking out do if you're not, if it's, if it's not going to do anything? The whole point is to get action. Action means more than words in these grandiose statements. Do something. And that's where I think that people are missing as it relates to Inez Cantor, LeBron James, because LeBron's an easy target. 
And they don't think about the fact that the America is beholden to China, not just Nike and LeBron. Right. And you're, you're right. You're right. LeBron is an easy target. And that's why that, that's why it's really hard for me to, to, uh, to completely um, get behind what, what Enos Cantor is trying to do here because Cantor has, has basically said that unless LeBron speaks out on this issue, he doesn't care about social justice. He doesn't care about human rights. Now, LeBron is a superstar on a, on a global level, right? Anything that LeBron James says or does is going to draw media. It's going to draw attention. You can accomplish a lot by attaching your movement to LeBron James either through his action or perceived inaction. And, and I just, what, what I, what I don't respect is to look at somebody's entire body of work and life and say, if you are not up to my standard of advocacy, you have no standard whatsoever. It's a zero sum game. And it's not a game that anybody can play and get out alive. It's just not. It's like, you have people out there who is like, you know what? I'm thinking about cutting back on eating meat maybe one or two days a week, I'm going to eat less meat because that's better for the environment. You'll have somebody out there who's dedicated their entire life to vegan causes and tell them, well, those other five days, you're a piece of shit, which means you're a piece of shit seven days a week. You might as well do nothing. You actually dissuade people in some ways from actually becoming educated, becoming active, because there is no way for anybody to please you unless you sell completely all the way out for an issue. And, and when it comes to and they want you to sell out for every issue. So like if that's like the Susan G. Coleman found foundation, they are about cancer and breast cancer, I believe, sp- specifically. Now, do they not care about people who have kidney disease or are on dialysis? No, they're just championing the the causes that either impacted them the most or that they are the most passionate about. Like this, this whole idea of if you speak up for social justice in this country and you don't and you don't go to war with with about China or or any of this, then you are wrong. And then then I could come back and say, oh, really, you care about China, but you don't care what happens in Africa. You don't care about the uh, the uh, French still stealing money from African countries. You don't care about this. No, that's not what that means. Like everybody has causes like like I care about homelessness. That doesn't mean that I don't care about, you know, uh, uh, older seated senior citizens issues. I, I work closely with kids. That doesn't mean I don't care about other people's issues. It just means that my focus is here because if I spread myself too far out, I can't make as big of an impact. So, right. and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to look at a guy like LeBron James and say anything that you have ever done that is either charitable or for the long-term health of Northeast Ohio or whatever it is that you have worked on and helped accomplish is null and void because of this issue that I am most passionate about. It's a big world with a lot of problems, George. It's a very big world with an overwhelming amount of problems. And we need people like Enos Cantor who, who take their position seriously to stand up and say the way that China treats Taiwan is unacceptable. The way that China treats Hong Kong is unacceptable. The idea that you can't be a practicing Muslim in China is ridiculous. The idea that they, you know, he talks about like organ harvesting uh, or the way that they can censor media. You know, the fact that Enos Cantor is out here taking shots at a, cartoonish dictatorship is something that I find to be incredibly encouraging and supportive of, of the idea that a, a, a free and democratic society affords you th- these abilities. I, I think that it's a, it's a boon to what we have here in America. But one of my biggest issues is there are people who are not invested in your cause unless it helps to, eradicate their enemies or serve the culture war grift that they have aligned themselves with. And 
Enos Cantor has a lot of people, whether it's Clay Travis or Ted Cruz or pe- people who don't necessarily care what China is doing to its citizens so much as they care that the opportunity to a- expose liberal hypocrisy in a zero sum game of charitableness exists. So you have a lot of people using Enos Cantor's comments to try to take down LeBron James right now. And they don't actually give a shit about China or Taiwan or they're like, Shui or the Uyghurs. You, Dude. Yeah. They China. only care about making LeBron look stupid. And Enos Cantor's out here retweeting Clay Travis. I'm like, cool. So now you're going to align these with, with, with these people who don't actually, they don't care. even like they you. Don't actually they don't care. even like no. you. They don't like the Muslim Enos Cantor. They don't. The, the arrow is just pointed at LeBron right, right right now. And think about this. When they keep talking about China, China, China. In 2019, the U.S. exported just under $105 billion in goods to China. You, If China cuts that off, which they could, how does that work for actual Americans? How does that work for Americans? And then... Yeah, unf- no, go on. No, you're right. We live we live in a global economy. And the ironic thing is well, you got a guy like LeBron James from Northeast Ohio and he's made a billion dollars in his career. And you would assume, George, LeBron James has FU money, correct? Yes. But the thing about FU money, it gets to a point where if you're interdependent, it is the exact opposite. It correct. is the exact opposite. Yep. Right? There is the FU money is actually like it caps out at a certain amount because if you're getting a certain amount of money, it means that you're dependent upon income streams that actually would control who you are and what you say and your behavior and everything like that. And, and there, there comes a time when we, we maybe have to look at the idea that our system and our way of doing things actually puts you in a position to surrender some of the freedoms that you're afforded to be born in this case. There, there, there ain't nothing freer than not having a mortgage. The, the freest person in America, freest person in America is somebody who doesn't have a bill. Yep. Yep. When you are 100% debt free. And freedom comes with its own oppression, right? Yep. It might come with not being able to have a place to lay your head at night. Um, LeBron James is not free. The the like anybody who is dependent upon a global economy to continue their own uh, empire is not free, and so Enos Cantor is taking advantage of the opportunity that he has right now, and I appreciate it, and I hope he gets a lot of people on his side to be able to speak up against what is essentially a brutal and cartoonish regime. At the same time, I'm not sure that attacking somebody who could be your ally in this is the right way to go about it. Yep. And so final thought on this, and this can't be lost, is that whether it's Ted Cruz, Clay Travis, whoever else is pretending, oh, this is a big deal. And and LeBron James is the bad guy, the ultimate culprit, black man, ultimate culprit. Think about this. Bible says. Pull the speck out of your own eye before you try to pull the log out of... Well, pull the log out of your own eye before you try to pull the speck out of somebody else's. We have tremendous problems in our own country that we're not fixing, whether it's homelessness, racism, systematic racism, whatever, uh, um, inequality in the justice system, whatever it is. If we don't fix that, how the hell are we going to sit up and have the audacity to to try to demand that somebody else does something else. That's crazy to me. So, uh, car. Um, What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. 
So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The next thing up, which that obviously is a big, big deal, but still. <laughs> um, so your, your man, Aaron Rodgers, he just obviously finished being on the COVID list. He just had COVID and now he has COVID toe. His, his, <laughs> what toe, is that? his toe is hurting and you know, he's up, you know, he was on the Pat McAfee show. He was basically like, bro, I'm in a lot of pain. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, all of this. So yeah, so he's not very happy right right now. Um, so what do you think about the uh, Aaron Rodgers and his COVID toe? I I'm looking at some pictures of of whatever this is supposed to be right now, and it looks disgusting. It looks like frostbite. Are you dealing with this right now? Oh man, it's gross. Yeah, I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send you a picture right now. You're the you're the one that has on this show said that you used to like before you had a mild case of it or whatever. You used to kind of like laugh that people would miss games with turf toe. Um, bro, this looks disgusting. It it is it is genuinely like what yeah. Is that is that what his toe supposed to look like? That I mean that's yeah, I guess so. They're like ballooned. Like have you ever seen Big Trouble in Little China where the guy's feet feet blow up <laughs> and tear up his shoes until he just explodes, just yes. inflates. It looks all swollen and it looks gross, man. It looks like uh it looks like a Okay, I got you right right here, infection. buddy. You, you see how quick I am? Yeah. Bro, that looks like an infection. It does, doesn't it? Oh my god! 
And you can get that from COVID? Uh, good God, bro. Like, the, if the, if that's a side effect, I damn sure don't want one of that. But, but, but now people are making fun of him. They're like, oh, yeah, go get your ivermectin now, buddy. Let me see how that, that let's let's see what um uh what what Joe Rogan which which brew that he has for him now. So COVID toe is a casual name for something medically known as perneo or or uh chill blains, which is a condition that causes symptoms such as discoloration and lesions. It can be very painful and turn the toes purple. Bro, do you realize how uh, apparently if they're calling it COVID toe, it was it was something that existed prior. But apparently that must be some. I mean, from the way it's being reported and called COVID toe, that has me thinking that this is something that people who've had COVID that it's a not not necessarily very common side effect, but it's common enough that people know about it. And what I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, 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 you know, deep down the the rabbit hole of WebMD and Mayo Clinic and everything like that. And I guess it's a blood vessel inflammation that can happen. So you know, how you go outside in the freezing cold and your hands turn kind of red. Yeah. Well, like my, that's your blood vessels either constricting really turn, or turn red. But I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But. But yeah, like, I, I I mean, so I guess it's something that you can have with just re- because I told you it kind of looks like frostbite. It, it, yeah. It, the, the way that this is uh, described to me is that like this mostly happens to people in cold weather and obviously Green Bay is as cold as it gets. Um, this mostly pe- happens to people in cold weather and it clears up within one to three weeks as or as warmer weather comes in. But if COVID can trigger this, this is uh, or make it worse in cold weather, that is. That's no fun at all. And I and I get that people want to get their jokes off at the expense of Aaron Rodgers, but you do have to remember, like, he's got allergies to two of the three vaccines. So it was down to him taking Johnson or Johnson or not, and he had blood clot uh, concerns. I'm not for, – for as many people, I'm more upset that, that Aaron Rodgers didn't just openly talk about this from the get-go, though I do have sympathy for his reasons why. I still think it was a terrible decision. Um but at the same time, you know, he there is no had he come out and talked about this earlier, there's no guarantee that he would have got vaccinated because he had concerns with Johnson and Johnson and he can't take the other two. So all these people saying like, oh, the, the one way that you could have gotten past this is to get vaccinated. I'm not sure he ever would have got vaccinated in the first place, regardless of how open he was about this. There are people who in consultation with their medical professionals and doctors might not be right for the vaccine, but then you have to undergo everything else to make sure that, you know, you are protective of your community, the older people, the at risk people that you're going to be around his own offensive line. The fact that you got to play 40, 50 pounds heavier than you would be uh, in, in just a walk around weight, you know, you got you there. There are people that you need to that you need to look out for. So I'm not as mad at Aaron Rodgers as everybody else. It either seems to be or is pretending to be. Um, but this is the part of the consequence, man. This is the disease that we're dealing with now. This is just the new reality. And I think yep. that it might encourage some other people who do have the ability to get vaccinated, who don't have any medical issues or haven't even talked to a doctor yet, might look at these pictures of what Aaron Rodgers' toes supposedly look like and say, I don't want that i don't, I don't want, want COVID no toe. covid toe, homie all right right um, uh, the next thing up uh and this is uh, on a more serious note uh minnesota vikings defensive end everson griffin is uh, having what appears to be a medical episode so he went out and tweeted or or on instagram that he was you know that he thought somebody was breaking into his, his his home. He felt in danger. He talked to his agent. He had a gun out, and he was like, "Yo!" Um, and the police have re- responded. He won't come out of the house at least up to this point. And but he was at home alone, and this led to a bunch of questions. People were saying, "Okay, well, what is the NFL doing about this?" 
how is this happening? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, the, the NFL. So I sit on a board, a joint board with the NFL and the NFLPA for the uh, mental health and wellness board. And we are developing programs to help players in these exact situations. And before they get in these situations, which is most important, whether it's helping their, their families, them recognize these things and be proactive about it prior. But what is the biggest problem with mental health? Is that people who have mental health issues don't always want to seek help. They don't think that anything's wrong with them. They think it's everybody else. Or there's some embarrassment <clears throat> where they don't feel like that it's a safe place because they may be ridiculed at their job. Maybe the owners or coaches will look at them differently because they may be seen as mentally weak or this or that. And that's where, and that's what happens. The NFL is putting in programs. And I remember I sat in the first meeting and I was like, listen, let's not pretend why we are here. The NFL is tired of getting black eyes as it relates to these things. Why not put the same amount of energy that Fortune 500 companies put into their mental health and wellness of their employees? Because that will actually save you a lot of money and public embarrassment on the back end. And here is where we are. You have to get teams to buy in, their coaches to buy in, to dedicate some of their time to it. And so it's a hard process, like fixing it out in the world. But I can for sure say that the NFL is no longer, and I mean no longer, which big that means that they were ignoring or taking, not being proactive or even active at all as it related to the mental health of their players. Right. And this isn't anything that, um, you know, and Everson Griffin, somebody he's from, you know, I've been rooting for him for a long time. He's from Arizona, went to Agua Fria High School, somebody who came out of our state, you know, the next Terrell Suggs, right? 80 some career sacks. He's he, well well on his way. A guy who ran a 4-440 at 6-4-260 in high school. Like this guy is, he, he's a one of a kind talent. He he's maybe one of the best defensive linemen in the modern era to have played for the Minnesota Vikings. He, that, you know, they end up letting him go and he, he lands back with the team uh, this last year after stints in, in, in Dallas and Detroit, but the Minnesota Vikings, this is something they have to be prepared for. They're no stranger to this. The, he, he had an, you know, they said they had, in 2018, I believe, sent a letter to his agent saying that he was suspended from team activities pending a mental health uh, evaluation. Just a couple days after that, he threatened somebody. He threatened to shoot somebody at a hotel for not being let into his room. He's had very public, very scary mental health episodes before. His mental health is something that has to be at the forefront and has to be a priority for any NFL team that's going to bring him in because these things have played out so publicly what I do see a lot of people saying is, oh, this is his CTE act. And I hate when people informally throw CTE around. You cannot just you know, throw but, that around because you cannot diagnose it while people are alive, people. Good God. Like, right. Which is which is one of the biggest issues for the – because if people are saying like, hey, this man is behaving erratically, it must be because he plays football. What choice, George, does the NFL have to, to have? Because it can't be proven. At this point, well, while he is alive, they can't prove. And even then, he swerved two months ago, George. He swerved to stop it, uh, from hitting a deer. He crashed his car two months ago, crashed his car, swerving to, to not hit a deer, gave himself a concussion and missed time. That was two months ago. I'm sure, like every NFL player, he has had hundreds of sub-concussive hits repeated over and over again likely multiple concussions. We don't know. We don't know. Who well, and and here's the other thing. Know. Here's the other thing. I sit on a board for the, for the Harvard football players health study. And the thing that we have learned is, is that yes, some players do have CTE same way as they do where there's probably a higher prevalence of it in hockey and soccer as well, which is, which people are like soccer. Yes. In soccer. Um, and, but the but the issue is this 
is that there are things that present like it as well. Because pain management is one of the problems. You're in pain. You don't sleep as well. You're in a bad mood. Uh, Sleep is one of the biggest factors. Sleep, weight, all of these things impact your mood and how you feel. So sometimes player, when people are like, oh, it's CTE. No, it's not. It's something completely different. It's that you don't sleep well because you have sleep apnea or you uh, are in pain or whatever else. Other things present themselves that make people act erratically. And then on top of that, some people do have mental health issues. And then if you add those sleep issues or uh, whatever other issues on top of that, now you have created a, a firestorm of events that cannot be solved by by just saying, oh he's got cte no bro it is not always for that. sure the a lot of things could factor in you could have family history it could be uh interacting substances it could be i mean not a lot of people going to be able to identify with this but like there's some stuff that comes along with getting money yep there there just is there's a level of pressure that comes along with also fame that that could adversely affect people's uh, ability to just cognitively function it could be anything but my question for you george is is the nfl in a position to do anything other than assume that it could potentially have something to do with participation in football and therefore make sure that he has everything available to him to be a functional member of society, regardless of whether he can ever suit up again. I So there was a long time where people would uh, say, well, you know what you're getting into. Actually, no, you didn't because the NFL didn't disclose the information about helmets and concussions and all this stuff that they that they knew. So, you know, like the the game has a responsibility to take care of its players. And I know that some some people don't want to agree with that, but but they but they do. They have a responsibility. And that is not allowing it's it's almost like a Hippocratic oath. Is that if players are not okay to play, guess what? They should not be allowed to play. If you know that a guy's having an issue, he shouldn't be allowed to play. Or that you have to make sure that he's fully healthy to be able to play. And that includes your mind. So, you know, like the the, the league is taking steps to it, but at the end of the day, these are people, they have choices, and you know, getting them to make some better ones is always a difficult one. But, but I mean, and everybody always says, well, like, well, the league's worst nightmare is another situation with like Junior Seau or uh, Dave Dewerson. And that's not, that's not the league's worst nightmare. But it just happened to Vincent Jackson. Right. The, the league's worst nightmare is Javon Belcher. Yes. The league's worst nightmare. Taking somebody else's life. Yes. Yes. And that's and and when you have Everson Griffin putting out a video of him saying people are coming to kill me and he's showing a gun and he's dropping a teammate's name, even though it wasn't in the context of like a threat or or anything like that, then your first thought has to be like, you know, you got three kids. Are they in the home with him? Is his spouse or significant other in the home with him? Is his agent in contact? Who who is actually in response? Because, you know, this is a man who, and this is going to sound even shittier, George, but this is a black man in Minnesota with a gun. Yep. Yep. There have been issues with black men in Minnesota who nope, legally are- have a gun and police respond. Legally. There's a million. Legally. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, people who work at an elementary school serving lunches like this is, you know, th- there's a million different things that go on with this. And I, you, all these people say like thoughts and prayers with Everson Griffin, but why resources, thoughts, prayers and resources? W- what can we do to get somebody like this help? And if this this is documented, we don't know how many times this has gone undocumented, documented. This is two different times that he's in a position to have a mental health crisis. What do we do for him? Is it just get him some help, never let him play football again so it could be out of sight, out of mind, and we can enjoy things on Sunday? Or no. can he play again? What, what do we do? 
what do we do for Everson Griffin? And I'm, I'm going to be following this closely and not just because, you know, uh, uh, he's, you know, because I'm all about Arizona guys, like you always say, but just because this is, this is, this a, a this human is an story. important pivotal. Yeah. It's a human story. And it's a pivotal moment for the NFL. It really is because at the end of the day, like you said, that sometimes there's people that just not can't be helped without helping themselves. But what in this moment can the NFL, can the Minnesota Vikings as a franchise do to ensure? Uh, because at this point, I feel like if you're the NFL, you can't do anything but assume maybe this has something to do with us. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're, and, that's just unfortunately the position that you're in. Yep. And you don't want anything bad to to happen. And and. and the league, the league in and of itself has to protect the shield and protecting the shield. Sometimes like sometimes the player's interests align with protecting the shield. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Final thing up today, the best of social media. Now, 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 here's the best of social media. Sometimes there's good things in social media. Sometimes there's bad things in social media. Today, we have a combination of both. Um, the, the first thing that we have up is 
uh, Baker Mayfield. He got booed by the fans. And I'm not a Baker Mayfield. I think he's a good person. I know people who know him, who played with him, and they're like, yo, Baker's cool. I like Baker. So I have a general, Baker the, the person, I have a general good opinion of him, right? Now, Baker, the football player, he's average to below average at times. Fans booed him, and he didn't like it, and here's what he had to say. What did you make of, of some of the booing there in the second half from the fans? Those are probably the same fans that won't be quiet while we're on offense and trying to operate, so don't really care. <laughs> Ralph, when when somebody says, I don't really care in that way, does did, did Baker Mayfield really care? Yeah, no, he does. He cares about everything. He cares too much. Those fans, he actually gave them some attention, kind of waved them off as he was uh, uh, during the game, and they went double birds up. They were screaming back at him. It was it was pretty brutal. Um, my, my number one longstanding policy with any athlete is to always tell them, you will never, ever, ever win in a fight with the fans. Never. Never call out the fans. Never comment about the fans. Like you got to treat this is like what we just talked about Enos Cancer and LeBron James of like you, you sometimes sometimes you got to worry about your own bread so that you can make a difference later on the the the, the, the fans are China <laughs> it's to some people they are untouchable like that you can't there is no win there's no win there but Baker Mayfield might have figured out he might have figured out the exact way to go at the fans without facing the ultimate consequence, because especially Browns fans who have been with this team through thick and very, 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 very thin. There has been no thick just then. Um, and that is to say, like, hey, some of our fans are dumb because everybody believes that some of the fans are dumb. Right? Yes. Like, it, you're not <laughs> talking about me. Cor- he said, he said probably the same fans that won't be quiet when we're on offense. And yeah, yeah, yeah I think most fans like- look at those people and be like, these idiots. Because what's that whole thing about like Congress has like a 9% approval rating, then why do they keep getting reelected? Yeah. Because everybody hates Congress, just not their congressman, right? Like you can mm. talk bad about Congress, but but nobody nobody's responsible for all of Congress. So you can say something bad about them, but they're not talking about me and my district and the person that I like. They're talking about everybody else. Yeah. Right? So I think Baker... Baker found the one way you could talk about the fans without losing his job. Because he was actually talking because people, other fans are like, yeah, those, those fans are stupid anyway. Why, why, why would you be making noise while the offense is working? Yep. Uh, yeah, because it gives the fan the opportunity to say, well, like, oh, well, that's not me. I don't yep. do that. So he's talking about those other people. That was brilliant. I, I, this is the first time I've ever watched somebody roast the fans and been like, huh, maybe you can. Yep. Like, maybe, like, Maybe he was on to something. All right. The, I don't think Baker's smart enough to not go after all the fans, though. I think he might do it someday. He did it on accident. That that was on accident. He stumbled into He was smart on X? Yes. All right. The uh, final thing up is if you want to shed some tears, Dickie V helped you do it last night. Made it out to Las Vegas for a game that I know you had circled for a long, long time. Is just awesome. Great to see you. <laughs> Ready being here, Dad. I didn't want to cry. I can't believe I'm sitting here. This is really a big thrill for me. I want to thank all you people. Send me so many great messages. ESPN, Jimmy Pataro, all my buddies in ESPN. I want to thank certainly my family and all the fans. My, you've been unbelievable. So Dickie V in his 80s, still clearly lucid. And knows basketball. He shaped some of my college basketball greatest memories watching him. He's a PTPer, baby. He's a primetime player. Uh, Dipsy dude, Dunkaroo. And the man has um, cancer. He's going through chemo right now, still out here working. I loved it, Ralph. Loved it, loved it, loved it. There's a lot of people I saw come out of the woodworks to say, like, I'm not a Dickie V fan, but like, I was wrong. When you, I mean, we see how much that man loves basketball. You can't question that. Yep. You can't, you can't account for taste. You can't account for people who don't like Bill Walton or don't like Dick 
Vital or have issues with Joe Buck, which has always confused me. Like who it's like people who hate vanilla ice cream. <laughs> like what's wrong with vanilla? Yep. But like, it, but like it, this is a man who is in his eighties wants to spend his time doing his job, loves it more than anything. This is an entertainment business. He brought nothing but joy. If you don't like it, you can just shut it off and yep. shut up. And I, I, I don't know. I think that this, I think this touched a lot of people because cancer has affected everyone. Um, everybody in my circle that I, I have any relationship with has some relationship to college basketball. Um, they know who he is. Uh, even people who don't know anything about college basketball know who Dickie V is. Um, rooting for you, man. And yep. and this is this was cool to see. And and I hope you beat this shit and keep going for a long time. And I hope all those people who are annoyed when you're on the mic get to be annoyed for another decade and a half. Yes, sir. I totally agree. You guys, this is Reister or Wrong. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Ams. And peace out. Catch you guys on Monday. Wait, actually. No, it's it's Wednesday. Happy Thanksgiving. Catch you guys later. Peace out. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.